Hi listeners, and welcome to the True Crime Weekly Podcast, a podcast that is based in San Diego and hosted by me, Alina Trujillo, and my producer, Jose Fernandez. This is a podcast where I will be bringing you stories of murders, infamous cases, and unsolved mysteries. On July 17, 1989, Shannon's dad left for work at 10.30 p.m. After he left, 18-year-old Shannon went out to go to a party with a small group of friends. That was the last time Shannon would ever be seen alive. This is the story of the murder of Shannon Marie Siders. Shannon Marie Siders was born on March 31, 1975. She was raised in Nuego, Michigan, and her parents divorced when Shannon was really young, leaving her dad Bob Siders to raise her. This was Bob's only child, and he raised her alone since she was four years old. On July 17, 1989, Bob left for work around 10.30 p.m. He left for his overnight shift at the Pepsi-Cola plant. And after he left, Shannon went out to go hang out with some of her friends. And did Bob know that she was going out that night? No, I don't think so. I think, um, you know, he was kind of taken by surprise by that. Okay. But, I mean, she was 18 at that point, so it wasn't necessarily, like, anything, I guess, out of the ordinary. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was late. Anyway, she went to go hang out with some friends. There were about eight people at this party that night. Unfortunately, that was the last time Shannon would ever be seen alive again. Okay. Bob got off of work the next morning around 8.30 a.m. And returned home to an empty house, which is definitely odd. Bob called several of Shannon's friends and some parents asking if they'd seen Shannon. But there was just no response and knew, nobody knew where she was. Mm-hmm. Bob immediately went to the police station to report her missing. He also put up missing person flyers and contacted every police station in the entire state. Oh, wow. You got to think, remember, if you call one, doesn't mean everybody else is going to be aware. So Mm -hmm. he definitely put in the work to try to find his daughter. Wow. Okay. Now, over Labor Day weekend in 1989, two individuals were out in a wooded area called the Hole in the Woods. That's not a good name. Yeah, it's kind of weird, isn't it? <laughs> kind I don't of, like it. <laughs> nah, neither. It sounded kind of creepy. Well, this is a spot where local teens went out to go party, okay? Mm-hmm. Two individuals were out when they stumbled upon two ID cards with Shannon Sider's name on them. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's not really good news. Mm-hmm. Because of that, the Michigan State Troopers went out to the area where they also found a pair of blue jeans. Okay? So that's also kind of not, not sounding too good. Now, Is that a- what she was wearing? She was wearing jeans? Yeah, I believe so. Okay. Now, on October 15, 1989, three months after Shannon disappeared, a deer hunter who was further up the Manistee National Forest, mm-hmm. uh, near the Hole in the Woods, I guess, uh, found a body. Mm-hmm. Now, he went to the Nuevo Police to report it. Mm-hmm. And around 10 p.m. that night, Bob received a call that a body was found and it was believed to be Shannon's. Oh, no. Yeah, it's terrible. So immediately that night, Bob went to the police station that, mm-hmm. and he confirmed that it indeed was Shannon. Oh, that's horrible. I have chills. That that sucks. That's that's horrible. Yeah, it's terrible. And you know what's weird is that he actually was searching that area. Really? And I think if he would have only gone a little bit further, he probably would have found his daughter. Oh, Naturally, man. she had already been deceased, but yeah. still, it's just, it's just horrible news, you know? Oh. Now, the medical examiner identified that Shannon had several different injuries to her body, mm-hmm. but her cause of death was blunt force trauma to the head. Mm-hmm. She had been brutally beaten, and her skull was crushed. 
It was also soon determined that this case was likely sexually motivated. That's what I was going to ask. Was she, was she raped? Well, her shirt had been pulled up. Okay. okay. And her underwear was down around her ankles. Mm-hmm. And other parts of her body were mutilated. Oh. So it was really bad. So that's why I kind of pointed to that. But I don't know that they had enough evidence to see if she was, you know, raped, I mm-hmm. suppose. Yeah. But I mean, kind of all signs point to that based on how she was found. Mm-hmm. Bob had actually asked for a closed casket for the funeral mm-hmm. because he didn't want to remember his daughter that way. Yeah. Which, I mean, I just cannot imagine yeah. being in his shoes. It's just awful. That's horrible. Yeah. Absolutely awful. Her, his only kid, his daughter, horrible. Yeah. to be murdered and found that way. Mm-hmm. And he was the one that had to go down and identify her body too. Right. right? Yeah. That's horrible. Now, there was a good show up from the high school for the funeral, mm-hmm. and several people actually wrote letters to Shannon, and they put it in the casket. Oh, okay. Now, the original investigators in the case asked the Michigan State Police behavior analysis team to create a profile of who could have killed Shannon. Mm-hmm. So, the profile said that Shannon was likely killed by someone she knew okay. in her age and peer group. The profile also said that she was killed by more than one person. And it was sexually motivated and that drugs and alcohol were involved. Hmm, okay. Now, how they came to all that, I'm not sure, but they're okay. the professionals, so we'll leave it at that. Well, I'm assuming toxicology reports showed that? Yeah, likely. And obviously the intent of them going to this place to go mm-hmm. party, yeah, they're probably consuming you know, alcohol. I'm not sure about the drugs, but... yeah. There were a lot of rumors around this case. Mm-hmm. One rumor that I found interesting was that Shannon's class ring was taken by her killer. Hmm. Okay. okay. So this is a ring that she'd always wear. Mm-hmm. And when they discovered her body, she didn't have it. Okay. Now, you know, with serial killers we've seen in the past, and I guess that's why it kind of caught my attention, that oftentimes they'll hold something as a trophy. Mm-hmm. There'd be yeah. jewelry, a piece of that person, yeah. whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I can kind of see that, right? And if mm-hmm. that's kind of seemed interesting that they couldn't find it. Right. Now, the police identified the eight people that were at the party with Shannon. Mm-hmm. Okay. And according to witnesses, Shannon had been driving around with two young men named Brandon and Levi. Okay. A friend of Shannon's mentioned that Shannon didn't really like to be around Brandon. Hmm. But she she was driving around with yeah, him. Yeah, but That's she was odd. Exactly, it was kind of weird. Yeah, he was just kind of had like a I don't know weird mindset. He would often refer to women as sluts and whores. Okay, that's oh. you know, it's like quoting that. But so he was kind of just a I don't know asshole. Yeah, thank you for telling me. <laughs> thank you for clear clarifying that. Now there was also a tip that Brandon left town soon after Shannon disappeared. Mm. So for I like ob- him for the killer then. Yeah, exactly. So to police. So for obvious reasons, this was this was suspicious to police. Mm-hmm. Now during questioning, Brandon claimed that on that night Shannon wanted to go home, and got in a car with other people, not okay. these two. And Brandon was asked about him leaving town, and he said he had gone to Colorado to pick up his cousin. What a coincidence! Well, but hold on. So Brandon's statement. Was that Shannon wanted to leave the party, so she left with other people? Is that? Yeah, she wanted okay. to go home, so she left with other people. So, and I'm assuming because she got there with Brandon, that's why Brandon knew, like, hey, she just wanted to leave the party, and she left with other people. Yeah, exactly. Okay, okay. exactly. 
It turns out he was actually only gone for a couple of days and police ended up ruling Brandon out. Okay, mm. so there was nothing that really connected I it. <laughs> you may not. <laughs> but at that point in time, Brandon was ruled out. Okay. Now, there were two promising suspects that were two brothers named Paul and Matt. Okay. Now, Paul and Matt Jones both stated that Shannon invited them over to drink beer and watch movies. Invited so, them into her home? Yeah. Okay. They said that they drove Shannon home, and because she said that she was tired, they ended up just dropping her off between 12 a.m. and 1 a.m., which I think is kind of weird. Like, what was the purpose if they were... Hey, let's go hang out. Hey, now I'm tired. So yeah. just drop me off. I mean, if you think about the time frame too, 12 and 1. I mean, her dad only left at 1030. Yeah, she that went seems out. Soon. It took really an hour. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just doesn't it seem kind of odd to me. Yeah. They also gave up the police a description of Shannon's house. They mm-hmm. said that the TV was on, lights are on, and her dog was just running around. Okay. Now, the investigators thoroughly looked into the Jones brothers but they passed polygraph tests and they were cleared. Mm-hmm. So at this point, the police have nothing. The mm-hmm. case is pretty much cold. Now, Bob Siders didn't give up. He put up billboards around town to make sure the, the small town never would forget about his daughter. Yes. And oh, dad. Yeah, definitely. And the billboard stated, who killed Shannon Siders? Yes. Just so I can't. It just makes me so sad. For it does, but you know what? I love it when we hear about these families that will do everything and anything for their loved one. Because mm-hmm. you know, sometimes police officers have nothing to go on, and you know, their case does go cold, and it could be forgotten. So I hate to say it, but most of the time, you know, it shouldn't be like this. But I feel like it's up to the family to keep these cases. Keep them going. Keep Keep them them going. Yeah, keep them alive. And I'm glad that he did, that he was able to, you know, get these billboards up. Oh, it's so so true when you say that, because I can reflect back on how many different stories you've told me. And it's very much the same. Like, the the family was adamant. They tried. Mm -hmm. They worked towards trying to find something where the police kind of was... Just kind of give up. Yeah. Yeah. Gave up or just didn't have any more leads, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Now, there wouldn't be a break in this case for over 20 years oh, later. wow. And I'll tell you what happened with that break after this commercial break. Ah, damn it. That was fantastic, Jose. You want to know what I just did? What'd you do? I just tried. I opened up, and you don't get any. I opened up the new wine that I received from Wine of the Month Club. So do you, Jose, want to treat yourself or someone special to great wines month after month? I would love to. Well, now you can with Wine of the Month Club. With Wine of the Month Club, you get three different bottles of rare international wine every month. You get to choose from all red, all white, or mixed. You can also choose to do a package every two months or three months if that's a better option for you. And every package ships with their monthly newsletter covering your selections and our listener favorites. Fun facts! We are a proud affiliate, which means if you go to truecrimeweeklypodcast.com, forward slash support the show and click on the wine of the club month link 
and sign up, we will earn a commission. You can support the show and get wine delivered to your door by using promo code HOLIDAY15 to get $15 off any four-month club, or you can use promo code HOLIDAY20 for $20 off any six-month club, which sounds like a win-win to me. You get to stay home during this COVID-19 pandemic, quarantine by yourself, and your wines. And they ship free. What? Hey, Jose. So you know that during this pandemic, it could even be scary to go to the grocery store sometimes? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you can save yourself that trip using Instacart. Instacart delivers groceries in as fast as one hour. Instacart highlights deals to help you save money. They find everything you usually buy. You can get smart suggestions for new items. They even pick the freshest produce and they keep your eggs safe too. We are a proud affiliate of Instacart. So head over to truecrimeweeklypodcast.com forward slash support the show and click their link. In August 2011, a new administration in Nuevo created a cold case task force. Now, eager to start investigating Shannon Sider's case, investigators started by doing a victimology profile. Hmm. Okay. Now, they interviewed Shannon's family and close friends. Everyone that knew her said that she wore a class ring that they never found. Mm-hmm. I remember right? that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, weird fact that you just kind of you can't really forget about. So this is 22 mm-hmm. years later. Okay. Now the police hoped that that ring would lead to the killer. Mm-hmm. There were several volunteers including a woman named Amy Bonner. Now Amy was 15 years old at the time that Shannon died. Okay. She had volunteered at the police station back in 1989 mm-hmm. and in hopes of getting information from the police she created a Facebook page and received several tips about the case. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so this is years later. She worked at the police station back then, and now she's trying to, you know, create this Facebook page and try to get more tips, more information on who could have been the killer. Okay. Now, a woman named Stephanie contacted Amy, mm-hmm. believing that her family could be involved. Her family was a local family with really a bad reputation, okay? There I'm, I'm just I'm so like in shock that somebody called and said, oh, not my dad, my boyfriend, my brother, you know, my sister, whoever. It's my family. That shows you how wow. bad that family probably is. Oh, okay. Man. Okay. <laughs> that this poor person had enough and wow. decided that, you know what? I need to speak up. Okay. And there was, okay. So there was incest and abuse happening in this family. Okay. Oh. Stephanie told Amy that her family owned a house that had a creek running under it. Mm-hmm. She also stated some very specific details saying that Shannon had been held in the basement for a few days and sexually assaulted. Oh, no. And that Shannon was eventually put into a van and dumped in the woods. Ooh, so I got he, chills. Yeah. It's- I got chills. Oh, man. I swear, like, so there was... So this family had a running creek under the house yeah that's what it was stated which is kind of weird right yeah well oh okay as creepy as that statement is right so obviously the police decided to go look into this Uh this is a promising lead and the task force went to the home Mm -hmm. the homeowners had been convicted of several assaults and attempted murder okay but they weren't involved in this case okay there was simply no evidence that the family was involved what about the girl saying that Shannon was in her basement. Well, that's the thing. Like, it was very specific details, but there wasn't anything besides a statement saying that they were involved. You know what I mean? Okay. Now, remember how I told you 
that many kids from the high school had written letters to Shannon and they had actually placed them in the casket. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, another lead was that the killer had written a confession letter and put it with Shannon's casket. <gasps> Wait, so then that would mean that he was a high schooler with yeah, her? Yeah, possibly. Okay. And that he was there at the funeral. Brandon. My money's on Brandon. Brandon? <laughs> My money's on Brandon. Well, because of this lead, the police went as far as exhuming Shannon's body to locate the potential confession letter. I mean, yes, hello, but it's funny because when you said that a bunch of high schoolers showed up and wrote, you know, notes to her and put them in the casket. Mm -hmm. I mean, and I don't know if this is true, but from what I've seen, sometimes there's always a detective at the funerals and viewings, you know, to kind of like scope out the people there. Yeah. I would have been like, ah, at the end of it, before you close that casket, I would have been opening up every single letter. We're like, let's just see what's in there. So it's like the fact that they waited this long. And I mean, I don't know. Maybe they can't. I don't know. But to me, I feel like that's what I would have done. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you even the dad, think, I feel like even as a mom, yeah. I would have been like, let me see what these people are writing. Yeah, but this is such an emotional moment. That's true. Is that really what you're thinking about? You no. know, it, probably not. Right. And at that point, yeah, it makes you wonder, was Brandon even there? Was, oh, were, yeah, was the he? other people there? There's nothing on that. I don't have that information. So not sure. Okay. So Given the, the fact that found? he was being questioned, I highly doubt that he had gone. You know what I mean? But yeah. you never know. What was the letter found? So unfortunately, there was no confession letter. See, nothing was Brandon found. Because Brandon wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, these are probably like another rumor that that could be, but that, unfortunately, that wasn't the case. Okay. So hundreds of people were interviewed when the case was reopened. Mm-hmm. One statement that stuck out was that of Shannon's friend named Julia. Okay. Oh. Julia said that Shannon had made plans to hang out on the night that she disappeared. Okay. Now, Julia had gotten off from work at 1145 p.m. Okay. And from there, she went to Shannon's house. Interesting. So remember time frame, 1145. That's what I was going to say. 15 minutes before the other people, the yeah. brothers, right? And exactly. And then... Hmm. Like, not that far off from when the dad left for work, right? Okay. Julie said there was no answer, okay, when she went to the door, but hmm. that she went into the home at one point. She left and came back a few times with no luck. The hmm. final time she was there was around 3 a.m., and hey. still, Shannon was not there. Okay. So, unfortunately, Julia's original report back in 1989 was never filed. So, she did give that statement, but it was just never filed? Exactly. <gasps> Well, why is this important, right? Mm-hmm. Well, remember, like you mentioned, yeah, Paul and Matt Jones, mm-hmm. they made the statement that they dropped off Shannon back home mm-hmm. and Where that they dropped she? her off between 12 and 1 a.m. Yeah. If that were true, then Julia would have seen that happen. Yeah. More likely, right? Well, yeah. I mean, if she, she started going to her house at 1145 and didn't stop until 3 a.m. Yeah, going back and forth. You know I, what mean, I mean, that, yeah. See, mm-mm. I, I think Paul and Matt and Jones had something to do with this. I think you're wrong about the Brandon thing. Oh, I'm wrong about the Brandon <laughs> thing. <laughs> well, police also found this very odd. Yeah, that is. Yeah, it, it totally is. Now get this. Paul's ex-girlfriend, Lindsay, said that she got a ride from him one day mm-hmm. and noticed a girl's ring <gasps> in his ashtray. What? I'm repeat that one more time. A girl's ring in his ashtray. What? So, Lindsay confronted him about this. Like, uh-huh. hey, why do you have another girl's ring in your car? Uh-huh. And he said, let's face it, she's probably dead. <gasps> I told you it was them. 
Isn't that crazy? Like, she, he literally said mm. that. I mean, I, so up to this point, there's only circumstantial evidence. Mm-hmm. Nothing really hard to work with. We'll look for the ring. Yeah, right? At this point, the police is thinking that Matt and Paul killed Shannon yep. after denying their sexual advances. Right? Me too. That's what they're kind Me of too. thinking. Mm-hmm. Me too. Yeah, I mean, it kind of makes absolute sense. Yep. Now, the volunteer Amy that I told you about earlier mm-hmm. received tips that she had to talk to Jenny Corrigan. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Amy had actually been friends with Jenny. Oh. So, okay, cool. Now we have a connection here. Oh, I don't know about okay, cool, but. Well, we're getting somewhere. So yeah, Jenny but if claimed... I were Amy, I'd be like looking at my friend like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> oh, yeah, I get that. Now, Jenny claimed that she was with Dean Robinson on the night that Shannon disappeared. Okay. Who's this Dean Robinson? Yeah. Jenny and Dean were actually driving around in the woods and Mm -hmm. saw a parked car. Now, Dean saw that kind of odd, so he got out and spoke to the driver, who Jenny heard them identify themselves as Jones. (gasps) The brothers. Yeah. They said that they were looking for a girl. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Very weird, right? Now, Jenny said that she and Dean saw the brothers a short time after the first interaction, right? Okay. And also saw Shannon unconscious on the ground. <gasps> Jenny, Jenny said, saw this? Yes. Jenny what? and Dean saw this. Okay. Jenny said that Dean got out, tripped and fell, and that he was kicked in the face by Paul. <gasps> Jenny believed that Dean would have probably killed him if the brothers didn't realize that she was in the car. Okay, but well, because but, okay because they saw that he was in the car, they they kind of they they stopped right. Wow. They told him to go. Now the police believe that Shannon had gotten away and was hunted down. Yeah, the Jones brothers caught up to her, beat her, and took turns sexually assaulting her. This is what they're kind of coming to a conclusion based wow. on the evidence and based on the stories that you know they're yeah. connecting. Now eyewitness testimony was enough to arrest Matt and Paul. Mm. Finally. Mm-hmm. About a dozen prosecution witnesses testified at the preliminary examination. Mm-hmm. The judge also received numerous exhibits. Okay, Prosecutors mm-hmm. argued that the brothers were vicious, predatory sex killers who hunted Shannon down and murdered her when she fought back. <sighs> Defense attorney, on the other hand, suggested that the brothers are innocent victims in a case with zero physical evidence and a series of lying witnesses. Oh, they're all liars. I mean, there's no physical evidence here, so it's very God. easy to say that, right? The judge concluded that the prosecution had established probable cause. Okay. Now, in a trial, in order to convict, mm-hmm. the prosecutor must prove their case beyond a reasonable doubt. Mm-hmm. Right? A tall task without really any physical evidence. Mm-hmm. Well, in July of 2015, Matthew Jones who's now at that point 45 years old, mm-hmm. got a life sentence with no parole for first-degree murder. Wow. Now, Paul Jones, who was 43 at the time, was convicted of second-degree murder and was sentenced to at least 30 years in prison with a maximum term of 75 years. So, although he'll probably be eligible for parole around when he's in his 70s. Ugh. Now, while it took 26 years, Shannon's family was finally able to get the closure that they were desperately needed yeah i agree I mean, it's such a sad case but it is that's a horrible case it's sad i mean 26 years but i'm glad that they were finally able to catch the killers yeah what's crazy is they they were actually suspects like 
yeah. way back then. Mm-hmm. But Along with Brandon, who you thought had done it. That's, you know, you were wrong. It was the brothers, I told you. You were totally wrong. <laughs> Anyways, that's a story of Shannon Marie Siders. If you want to look at pictures and want more information on the cases we cover, you can head over to truecrimeweeklypodcast.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at Podcast True Crime Weekly. And please don't forget to support the show by going to truecrimeweeklypodcast.com forward slash support the show. And I would truly love it and appreciate it if you would leave a five-star review and subscribe onto Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen. The only way that people find out about us is through subscribers and reviews. Thanks for listening.